0: Namaskar Sasika Ladab, Ab Sabika Swagathen, Kais Encyclopedia, Podcast Vlogmin, Mehuapka host or thost Ambuj Saksan. I'm an MBA in Maica in marketing from Maica Institute and currently handling the digital marketing mandate of CAEST an encyclopedia of untold stories. You must be wondering, what is CAEST an Encyclopedia of Untold Stories? Course closed. Before we go further, let me introduce you to a very very special person, the man who made the impossible and unthinkable possible, Mr. Uday Sahai. Mr. Uday Sahai is an ex IPS officer, now a well accomplished author and publisher, who has taken up the challenging task of chronicling the untold stories of the Kayastha community through a book titled "Kayastha: An Encyclopedia." of untold stories, or simply put, kaist Encyclopedia. A warm welcome to you, Mr. Sahai.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Ambuj, for such a warm introduction.
0: So, so uh, I have a few questions to ask of you and uh, many of our community members are also curious to know more about the project that you've taken up and the book that is going to be launched. Uh, so, so uh, I'll ask you a few questions about kaist Encyclopedia. Are you ready for it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, Ambuj.
0: So for the benefit of the viewers and listeners, kindly briefly describe the book and the thought behind authoring the book.
1: Well, Ambuj, as you have rightly introduced, this is a book called Kaisth, an encyclopedia of untold stories. That's the full title of the book. And uh, this is uh, what I call an illustrious volume. Running into four hundred pages, which will have a lot of pictures, lot of illustrations, paintings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and uh, a very rich content, kind of a you know bird's eye view of Kais across twenty-one states in India. So, as a as a pan-India community, you will get a complete view here in the book. Wonderful, sir!
0: Sounds amazing. About what motivated you to pick up a project as
1: mammoth as this? Well, Lamboj, there comes a time in life where you start looking back, and uh, your your tummy is full, your basic needs are taken care, your security need is also, you know, substantially addressed, and you get into what Maslow calls, you know, self-actualization need and this stage you start getting into the basic existential questions in life like who am i from where i have come etc etc and you're looking for authentic tangible answer and uh, when i started you know about uh, 2 3 years thinking about it i thought even if i come to know a little at length it should be deep enough so that i can share with others and that's that that was the main idea uh, which which prompted me to write this book but coupled with that gradually i also realized that this is the time to give back you know you have taken so much from your community in terms of your you know existence your status your identity everything but what have you given back i thought to myself and i realized what possibly can i give i mean i can give only what i have little extra and therefore writing a book was an idea which emerged out of these two major considerations and motivations.
0: Wonderful thoughts, Mr. Sai. I'm sure that um, this book is going to be one exciting project. Uh, one more question that I have of
1: you is that, what is the objective behind uh, penning down this book? Well, uh, the, the logical uh, no, next step was that, if at all, I plan to write one. What should be the objective as yes. you have rightly uh, you know, raised the uh, query. Uh, then I thought that, you know, there are two issues which uh, should I, I, I should be able to clearly bring out in the book. One is the issue of identity. You know, identity is there and uh, 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 there, is a, there is a conflict in mind between two identities. Identities that are given to you, like you are born in a family, you are born in a village. You're born in a particular town and uh, you're born in a caste. You're born in a religion and these are given to you. They are called in sociology. They are called ascribed status as against this. There are, you know, certain identities which you acquire as you grow up, you go, you go to a school, you go to a college, you get into some, some services or you achieve a number of things in life. They are your achieved status. Unfortunately, uh, over a period of time our education was such that we started looking at these two identities as a bipolar <coughs> but i realized that maybe they are not actually contradictory they are they can coexist and the whole challenge is to live, live at peace with both at the same time and therefore the issue of identity was something i wanted to readdress I would not say I was, through this book, I have brought out a new identity, but uh, it has been redefined. That's one. The second was, uh, as I started getting deeper, I realized, my God, across the country, what a great intangible and tangible, you know, heritage that are spread across. They are not woven together. They are not pieced together. So you don't get a big picture of what this community is all about. And therefore, the issue of identity and the issue of preserving your great heritage. These two were the objectives of the book. And you can see them, you know, running like an underlying thread across the book as you read. them. Wonderful, sir. Uh, that's great, sir. So, sir, sir, this
0: book must have entailed a lot of research. How did uh, you and your team go about this
1: research on the book? Uh, well, Amboj, it was it was uh, quite a task and I must say that I was lucky that uh, the co-author uh, Professor uh, Poonam Bala, who is currently teaching in Cleveland University in America, she joined me and uh, uh, she's also a kaist and uh, uh, a scholar who has huge academic credentials. She has taught in UK, she has taught in Canada. In America, in South Africa, also in India, and fortunately, because uh, her mother actually desired that she must do this book, uh, so she got into it and I was very happy that now have a I can do the local uh, spade work and she can put a international court uh, you know kind of a cover to it and that's how it worked. So the library system is very strong in uh, us as you know. So a lot of library support I got from her, referencing support I got from her, but the actual field work, and uh, that was done by me. One, second was that uh, uh, we, we got right from we got right into the uh, the minutest of literature called temple literature, which is called literal literature. Nobody looks at it. you go to a temple, you never pick up a temple literature. So about 32 temples I visited in India across the states. I picked up that those those pieces, tiny little pieces, so that I can piece them together and to make sense of what it is. Secondly, that every community in India they they build up some kind of a you know little literature on the community. And uh, in uh, Bihar, in UP, in Madhya Pradesh, I came across about six to seven literature running into 60, 70 pages. And they were amazing. They were not like, a, you know, PhD thesis. They were not like a, a book published by Oxford University Press. Nevertheless, they give you they give you a lot of authentic insiders' account of what the phenomena is all about. So this was one layer. The second layer was the great literature which are published, which are there in the libraries, which are there with the government, etc. So this was one approach. Second was the fieldwork. So we went to archives. We went to libraries. We went to temples, we went to uh, you know people who have a huge uh, legacy of through two, three hundred years, like few rajas, Kaes, etc. and things started shaping up. And uh, as uh, luck could have it, uh, Shri Chit was kind, and uh, today we have reached a stage where you can say that, yes, we are ready to give you a you know big picture of Kaistas. Wonderful, sir. Uh, so, uh,
0: so, Mr. Sahai, since this project is close to your heart and must have brought about some intangible impact. So, what perceptional turn, turn around did you
1: uh, did you experience during the course of this project? Uh, well, Amuj, uh, you know, as you know, like any other yatra, you, I had gone to Kalash a long time back and he started, I the, he just wanted to see the world unknown, how it looks beyond this part of the Himalayas similarly here when i started i didn't know what i am looking at exactly and a lot of milestones started giving in and giving me interesting insights so uh the first and foremost thing i realized that look the kayast is not only a hindi heartland phenomenon it is there in Maharashtra, which is a Marathi-speaking area. It is there in Gujarat, which is a Gujarati-speaking area. It is there in Tamil Nadu, which is a Tamil, Tamil-speaking area. It is there in Karnataka, in Andhra, in Telangana, in Odessa, in uh, West Bengal, in Assam, and of all, in uh, Tripura. Still, we are trying to, you know, uh, get a little deeper into Punjab and uh, some such other states. So, we realized that 21 states we could clearly count where we could see the footprints of the community living and thriving so that that was the first eye opener you know we we started with a bias the bias got broken and we could transcend that Second, secondly we realized that you know the temples these are amazing some of the there is something called what now we call chitragupta circuit these are ancient temples and temples are not only in south. They are in uh, you know Kanchipuram in Taminad, they are in Ayodhya, they are in Patna, and they are in Ujjain. So that was another temple. Yatra itself was we went all the way to Khadraho. And in the Western group of temple in Khajrahu, you have a Chitragupta temple tucked in. And you get inside and actually you don't get to see Chitragupta, you get to see Surya. I mean the sun. Is the presiding deity inside in the sanctum sanctorum, but at the feet of uh, Surya, you have a tiny little Chitragupta. So a lot of interesting ancient temples we could visit, and that further kind of crystallize our thoughts. Number three, uh, you know, all, always we heard that we come from this place, we come from that place, but eventually there is a there is a mythology. And the mythology takes you to Ujjain. And from Ujjain, there's a place called Kaitha. And the Kaitha has uh, great archaeological significance. It, is, it, uh, you know, it takes you back to pre, pre-Hrappan uh, days. And the, the name itself, uh, Kaitha itself is intriguing because end of the day, there is some connection. And there we are told that uh, Chitra Ji actually descended and did a long meditation of penance. And then finally, uh, he could understand how to govern the world, and then finally, he was married to two wives and all the 12 children that you, you know uh, come to know today. They were all born there, and from there they migrated to different parts of the country to lay, you know earn their livelihood. So one, one, one boy called Goda, he went to Bengal side, and the uh, Bengal at one time was actually called Goda Pradesh the guy who went to mathura side it is called they, they start they, they were they are called mathurs the ones who went to kashmir side and so on so they migrated these 12 brothers migrated to different parts of the country and there is no you know one destination to another destination migration you migrate to one destination from there you migrate to another destination and there is no accounting of these migrations Civilizational migrations which have taken place maybe 1,000 years back or more than that, and you don't have an account. So, we started piecing together. Kaitha was a great revelation to us, and uh, 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 looking at Kaitha really gives you kind of a goosebumps because eventually, end of the day, you all originate from there and then you migrate. And then, the third, the, the fourth revelation was that when you migrate, there is a loss of consciousness. You talk to Srivastava and 90% of them would not know about their Kashmir connection. You, you talk to one Mr. Bose or Mr. Ghosh, he would not be able to tell you what is his connection with Kanauj in UP. You talk to any ambassador he will not be able to tell you that there's a place called Malav in Pakistan today from where they fought. And they had to retreat and they had to migrate. So they, in course of time, people have absolutely lost their consciousness. So what we did, we have tried connecting those dots. We are not claiming that it's an exhaustive study. It's an exploratory study and uh, it would certainly lead to a number of further research. And that's, that's the exciting field. A number of such interesting things have come. You know, there, there are also indications that uh, Buddha was a, for example, and uh, you'd you'd uh, some some may laugh at it, but there are logic uh, given and very interesting logic given, etc. So number of such things started unfolding, and these are the great turnarounds in different stages of the search. And I can go on speaking. There's no end to it. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: Uh, I think a couple of points that uh, that really intrigued me as a youngster. Are uh, first of all the Kaisa circuit that you talked about. I think that is a very very interesting insight. And uh, probably if we ca- if we like uh, come across Buddha circuit and we come across many circuits uh, that are part of the government schemes, Swadesh Darshan, Darshan and Prasad scheme and all, so maybe Kaisa circuit could be one of them. And the other thing is that uh, Sun Temple or uh, the Surya Devta being installed in many many Chhatrapati Bhavan temples is something uh, new for us. Anything
1: else that uh, that that really intrigued you uh, apart from these? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about sun temple. You know, very interesting thing we came across that the 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 major sun temples in India that we visited, they were all constructed by Kshatriya kings. Starting from Kashmir, Martinde Temple in Kashmir in Anantanag district was constructed by Lalita Aditya, for example. You come down to you know. Uh, Odisha, you have a Konark temple, the second biggest uh, sun temple in India. And that again, there is a Ganga dynasty. Then you go to Gujarat, the Modhera temple, Modhera sun temple, and so on. So even if you look at the second layers of temple, there's a very unique and uh, mystical relationship between sun as a god and Chitragupta. And that relationship as we moved on, we started unraveling and it was very exciting that what connection Chitragupta mythology has with Sun. And that continues till date. And uh, I told you that even Khajraho temple, there is a, the name is a Chitragupta temple. You go inside, there is no Chitragupta as a presiding deity. But at the feet of uh, the Sun God, you have a Chitragupta's place there. In Kayatha, for example, excavation have taken place and they it takes you back to gupta period the the sun uh, statue which has come up they look exactly like what you see in khadraho and there is a huge time you know gap between the two yet they look very similar and the, the deity is a god and there is a small little tiny chitragupta at the feet so this we have tried to uh, explain and theorize but of course as I as I mentioned, there's no final full stop. It's a beginning, and uh, I'm sure a lot of other exciting research would add more and more to what we have explored.
0: Wonderful. So, Mr. Uh, Mrs. I realized that uh, the book actually has a lot of dimensions, right, from the historical dimension to the migration dimension, to the geographical dimension, to the cultural dimension, and many many other dimensions. So, who all? have uh, so i i realized that you are the lead author over here but who uh, uh, who all have played a vital role in uh, the creation of this book
1: oh number of them and i am i must extend my gratitude to all of them and it is a continuing gratitude uh, as i mentioned to you my co-author is uh, professor punam bala who is in cleveland university currently and then the photographers And uh, many of them have contributed uh, from one part of the country to another. I have myself shot many, uh, taken many pictures uh, while I was traveling around. And some of them are, I would say, uh, very good pictures of temples, of statues, etc., etc. Then the designer, the, the, the design in the book itself was done by one set of people. Uh, Sanjeev uh, did the design and uh, of course the design support also came from one uh, uh, agency, which is uh, owned by a Akaiist and Neeraj, uh, his name is Neeraj Sahai. So we tried to make it organic. So whether it was, whether it was uh, the content writing or it was designing of the book or it was photography part or it was digital marketing part, you are there (laughs) sitting right across. You know, everywhere we got a lot of contributions from, and naturally in the book we'll acknowledge one of them meticulously. Even while we were building up, you know, the discussion on this, we opened a WhatsApp group. A lot of people from different parts of the country, you know, almost uh, volunteered uh, by sharing. For example, the 13 temples in Tamil Nadu were, were uh, you know, uh, dug by an IS officer of Tamil Nadu, Kader, who put his uh, little resource on the job otherwise it would have been very difficult for us to move around from one part of tamil nadu to another to pick up and uh, till about a year back everybody thought even one they would not be a single temple in tamil nadu kanchipuram temple uh, the temple of tamil, kanchipuram also people hardly believed but today we have been able to identify 13 of them and interestingly uh, uh, 14 of them. And out of uh, these 14, 13 are actually shot by the representatives of Tamil Nadu government. So you can understand uh, a lot of, without, it's a collective exercise. Of course, you are the front, uh, you are the lead author. So you are putting things together. You are researching and putting things together. So your role is certainly major in that sense. Uh, I have played an important and almost a leader's role, but without the team, where is the leader? The team has worked and I'm really excited about their excitement. Uh, what would be the key takeaways for a
0: young generation like mine and for a slightly older generation, like uh, probably uh, 50 plus people? What what would be the gain out of uh, reading a book uh, as mammoth as uh, Kaisen's Encyclopedia*?
1: I'll give you a small little instance, uh, Ambuj, I had been to uh, an IPS officer in Hyderabad in the course of a research. We, w- we were trying to understand the Kaisthas in Hyderabad. A book was published and we wanted to understand directly. I was lucky enough to be hosted by an IPS officer whose wife was a Parsi. And uh, I remember vividly for about, she was a, she was a professor of English uh, English literature. So she was very keen observer for about a day or two. She watched me and she maybe found that my intent is uh, deep and uh, strong. So second day she opened up and uh, she took me to another room where in the Almira she had a she had a one book wrapped in red clothes, took it out. And she said that, look, this is the book which Parsis actually brought out 40 years back in America and you can see a very high product you know quality production i could see and uh, everything that he want wish to know about uh, parsi community you had there so she said that this is our reference book kind of a bible kind of a you know blueprint of a parsi lifestyle etc cetera, etc cetera. it really clicked me and i said look uh, this book should also be a kind of a primer on everything related to Kais, whether it is their food, their culture, their marriage, their history, their mythology, their legal status. I mean, there's a lot of subjectivity and lack of standardization about information, uh, on information. So at least this will be a, you know, one fit all, kind of uh, book where you have most of the information which you look for as a, you know, when you wish to know about your community. So that was the biggest uh, I would say uh, okay. motivation. Uh, well, uh, it's not like uh, reading a novel. You know, if we, if you have a book at home, you can read it leisurely from time to time whenever you feel like. So it's it's a kind of a reference guide about your community. It's a huge heritage spread across the country, and maybe the subcontinent they are put together in one book form so you have a sense of root strong sense of root and if you have a strong sense of root and you respect your root then you will also be able to you know appreciate somebody else's root this is this is a wrong understanding that uh, you know those who have nothing to do they look back actually we must have a sense of history because that's like our control room. If you are flying and we are cut off from the control room, it's all likely for us to you know, crash on the ground. So that book will give you a kind of a solid sense of rootedness. If you read them, not in one go, you know, by and by, gradually, whenever you feel like. But Habit at Home is the kind of campaign we are planning to launch. About this book.
0: Wonderful, sir, uh, Mr. Sahai. Uh, so I feel that uh, this book is like a bible for the entire community, and probably for communities that want to know more about Gaaster community as well. And uh, the the main point, the crux of having this book, is to let it reach out to as many people as possible. And for that, is needed promotion. And today, the dimensions of promotion have changed a little bit over the years, and digital marketing has become the most prominent way of promoting any project for it to reach its quantum or its optimum uh, volume. So do you have a digital marketing plan for the book also in mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned to you and to the audience that already I'm sitting with the chief of the digital marketing plan for this book, Ambu Saxena. So uh, you are a better equipped person to answer this question. (laughs) Nevertheless, on your behalf, since you've asked me, I would like to explain this. And before explaining this, I left out the second part of your last question that how it's going to benefit the old guys. In fact, uh, it's uh, uh, I, I found that when you when you finish your basic duties in life, your sense of, your urge to know about your roots become very strong. And you don't really know what to look at. And you don't have energies to... Move around across the country to understand what it is. So for them, you know, this becomes a must read before they die. So they don't have a regret that I didn't know much about my community. I mean, knowing about your community is something which is very, very natural for all of us, which is related to the question, who am I? Who am I issue doesn't haunt an youngsters much, but it certainly haunts a man of 60. 70, 65, even 50. So I'm sure this would connect to both the group, the youngsters who are little, you know, today identity conscious who want to know about their past and also those who have seen different weathers of life and they're about to finish their aiming. So they want to know in totality about themselves. So here is one book in 400 pages. You get a feel of what it is all about. One, this plan-wise, uh, Amboj, you know already that we started off with WhatsApp and we uh, built up a uh, um, almost a, a group of about 150 very senior, respectable members of the community from across the country. And uh, But we realized after a while that uh, this is a very influential group, no doubt. But it doesn't take you far because end of the day, there are Lacks of people, lacks of community members who are uh, scattered in different parts of the country. So as a as a level 2 exercise, we have opened a Facebook page. I am, the problem with, uh, before I go to the Facebook page, the problem with WhatsApp group exercise also was that uh, you had all kinds of stuff. You had good, bad, ugly, awkward, and it's very difficult to become a schoolmaster and keep telling people, don't put this and don't put that. So, you know, the WhatsApp university effect, everybody feels that he knows all. And on the top of that, you have Google Baba and Wiki Uncle. So, there is a huge sense of uh, confidence and arrogance amongst people about knowledge these days. And uh, these 150 people are no exception. Those who were very, very actively participating, many of them would put some sensible stuff many of them would put something out of, you know, just the university called WhatsApp university. So we thought that here's a time that, uh, we take it to level two. So we have opened a Facebook page in Facebook page. Unlike Facebook account, there is no limit on the numbers. You can have million uh, people to whom you can reach. And I am front leading it. So every content is personally written by me. And therefore, uh, even if some people have made some frivolous remark or wrong observations there are there are you know in extreme situations you can even delete it so there is a much more controlled communication now and uh, having finished this uh, when once it acquires a you know kind of a critical mass you would go on opening a new website by december or january you will have a, a a website and from website you naturally you, you will also have a youtube channel youtube channel has been opened but it will get activated in terms of a lot of videos uh, you know uh, loaded there and finally uh, before you ask let me announce and tell you that uh, we have decided to uh, launch the book on the 27th of april because that's the birth day of Lord Chitragupta on Earth. That's the day when he descended. Actually, he he never had, had a childhood. So unlike Krishna, where you have a bal or a, or a Lord Rama, where you have a childhood and then you have adulthood. Here, the guy actually is born adult. But the day he was born was on the Chaturpurnima day, and uh, we have decided that only on Chaturpurnima day we'll have a Chitragupta puja. Because that's the day you should have a Chitragup Puja and that's the campaign we are going to launch. So it's like a walk, the talk and 27th would be the launching day therefore.
0: Wonderful Mr. Sahar, that is so informative and uh, yes, the traditional marketing plan is on. And uh, then anybody can access the Facebook page of Kaist Encyclopedia. We are also present on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. And the Facebook page is personally managed by Mr. Sahai and uh, the same is being replicated on the other three channels. And uh, just like this video, many other more videos will be uploaded on YouTube and podcast. Uh, You can visit us on Spotify. The addresses of all those or the URLs will be shared later. Uh, Thank you so much Mr. Sahai for taking out time out of your busy schedule and enlightening us about the exciting research project that has culminated into Kai's Encyclopedia book. We are thrilled to know about the book and, our, and for our viewers and uh, listeners, we shall come up with more episodes that shall deep dive into the nuts and bolts of the book. Till then, kindly subscribe and follow us. Uh, follow Kaise Encyclopedia on YouTube and podcast channels for more updates. Thank you so much, Mr. Sahin. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, Ambuj. And pleasure is mine. And for your time, for your energy, and for your entire contribution. Thank you, so, thank
0: you so much, thank you so much, a very pleasure. pleasure.